May God add his blessing to the reading of the scripture this morning. And may the words from my mouth be just what we all need to hear. There's a Facebook post that goes like this, and I'm sure most of you who aren't Facebook have probably seen it. It says, we're all familiar with a herd of cows, a flock of chickens, a school of fish, and a gaggle of geese. However, less widely known is a pride of lions, a murder of crows, an exaltation of doves, and because they look so wise, a parliament of owls. Now consider a group of baboons. Baboons are the loudest, most dangerous, most obnoxious, most viciously aggressive, and least intelligent of all primates. And what is the proper collective noun for a group of baboons? A congress. I guess that pretty much explains the things that come out of Washington, end quote. That's pretty clever, right? The only problem with it is it isn't true. I hate to spoil a good laugh, but it's not true. Even though the rest of the information is right, somebody just made up that part about Congress, but I like it anyway. The proper word is a troop of, a troop of baboons. So if you're a baboon and you're listening today or watching, Relax. You're not part of Congress. I guess that's a good lesson in believing everything that you read online. But I have to tell you, there's another part of what I just read from that post that I feel a little joy when I read. And that is that a group of doves is called an exaltation. It's a beautiful word. Exaltation is not a word that we use very often, but it's a word that usually refers to God. Like in Psalms 34, 3, it says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Or in Philippians 2, talking about Jesus, it says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and you know the rest. And guess what appeared at Jesus' baptism? Luke tells us, Jesus was baptized too, and as he was praying, heaven was opened up, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. The Holy Spirit came upon Jesus in the form of a dove, the scriptures tell us. You may wonder, did anybody besides Jesus actually see the Holy Spirit come upon him? Did anyone besides Jesus hear the words, this is my son, who I love and who I am well pleased? Well, the Gospel of John clears that up for us. It tells us that John the Baptist said, I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. So maybe everybody saw it. I don't know. But for sure, someone besides Jesus did, because John the Baptist did. What a scene. At Jesus' baptism, you have something very special. The three parts of the Trinity come together. The Son, who is being baptized. The Father, who is speaking of his approval of his Son. And the Holy Spirit, ascending in the form of a dove. So today, I should say descending in the form of a dove. So today we celebrate 
Jesus' baptism, how much closer to exaltation can we come than to see the Trinity all together in one place at one time? And a dove was a big part of it. So why not call a group of doves an exaltation? It's a good reminder of what happened the day that Jesus was baptized. This scene also reminds us how important every baptism is. Every baptism is a big deal. And we make a big deal of it here, as most churches do. Bishop Will Williman, who is a Methodist uh, bishop, tells a wonderful story about a baptism that he conducted years ago. It was at a little rural church. There was a 12-year-old boy who wanted to be baptized, but he wanted to be baptized by immersion. If you don't know what that means, that means you go into a pool of water and you go under the water momentarily and come back up as a sign of being born again. Well, the boy's pastor sent the request to Bishop Williman, and he said, sure, if that's what he wants, we'll baptize him by immersion, not a problem. You just get a uh, get us a pool or, or a baptis- baptismal, you know, and we'll, we'll do that. Well, Williman got to the church that Sunday morning, and sure enough, the pastor was standing on the front steps with this young man, and the pastor said, Jeremy, this is the bishop. It's an honor for you to be baptized by the bishop. He's an important man in the church. Well, Jeremy looked Bishop Williman over, and he said, uh, I understand that you don't do many of these by immersion. Maybe we should practice first. And so they did. And Williman says they had a wonderful service. The bishop preached on baptism. The choir sang a beautiful baptismal anthem. Then the whole congregation went to the fellowship hall and gathered around the baptismal that they had just installed. Williman first took him through the baptismal rites and ritual. And then he asked him if he had, this young man, if he had anything to say to the congregation before they proceeded to go ahead and baptize him. He said, yes, I do. I just want to tell all of you that I'm here today because of you. When my parents got divorced, I thought my whole world was over. But you stood by me. You told me stories about Jesus. And I just want to say thank you today for what you did for me. And I want you to know that I intend to make you proud. I'm going to try to live my life the way that Jesus wants. What a statement by a 12-year-old. And Williman, who is normally a very funny guy, says that by this time he was in tears, having heard this young man say those words. Little Jeremy just looked up at him and said, are you going to be okay? Williman says, I baptized Jeremy. The church sang a great hallelujah at the end. And sing they should. They were agreeing and they were accepting a fine young man into the family of God. Baptism is an important event. One of the most important events in Jeremy's life and in all of our lives. I worry sometimes that we just see it as something that we should do. 
we feel like it's just the right thing to do, and it is. But sometimes I think we look at it as just another ritual that we have to go through. It isn't. Baptism matters. Why does it matter? For one thing, it says something about the person being baptized. The person being baptized belongs to God. We hear people say, I'll do what I want. It's my life. Not true if you've been baptized. You belong to God now. You may never be everything that God wants you to be. You're certainly never going to be perfect and do all the right things all the time. But you still belong to God. Always remember that. An Episcopal priest tells about a baptism of a middle-aged man who had just started coming to his church. And the man came to him one day and said, What do I have to do to be baptized? Well, as is the custom in the Episcopal Church, a bishop was also there to officiate at his baptism. And on the day of his baptism, he stood at the little font like we have, a tall, athletic man. He bowed his head as the priest poured water on him, and the bishop sealed his baptism with chrism, which is an oil that has been blessed for anointing the baptized person with the sign of the cross. As the oil is applied, the bishop or the priest says to the baptized person, and I like these words, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. Afterwards, this man shared how moving that experience had been for him. He said something that he had been, had been missing in his life. He was a retired counselor, and he'd spent his career trying to help others find purpose in their lives. But now he had found that sense of purpose in his own life, in his baptism. This man is now serving God in his church. He volunteers at food pantry, various other local charities, and work, and work through his church. And he helps cook and serve a Christmas dinner for the community on Christmas Day. Did it matter to this man that he'd been baptized? Yes, it did. It opened a whole new chapter to his life. He belonged to God. When we baptize our children, when our children go through confirmation, when they are confirmed, they make these statements. Baptism matters. We understand that we belong to God, that we are his. A Roman Catholic priest named Father Tommy Lane tells about the difference baptism made in the life of a world leader. This one might surprise you. It was right before the Berlin Wall fell. Father Lane was beginning his studies in Ireland, and one of the professors was teaching them about how important baptism is. And the professor mentioned that President Mikhail Gorbachev had been, who was, of course, the leader of the Soviet Union at that time, had been baptized as an infant. The professor believed that baptism makes a difference in a person's life, even the leader of a communist state. It seems that Gorbachev's grandmother had had him secretly baptized by a Russian Orthodox priest 
when he was young. His grandmother and his mother put a picture of Jesus on, every, on the wall in every room in their house. Now Gorbachev's father was a very staunch communist, and he put a picture of Stalin right next to every picture of Jesus. And then three years later, after hearing this professor talk about baptism and how it must make a difference in Gorbachev's life, Father Lane was studying in Rome when the Berlin Wall fell on November 9th, 1989. Then on December 1st, not even a year later, I'm not even a month later, I'm sorry, Father Lane went to the Vatican where he saw President Gorbachev being driven into the Vatican to meet Pope John Paul II, where they met and they conversed for about an hour and 10 minutes together. That must have been an interesting conversation. Was Mikhail Gorbachev aware that he belonged to God? Maybe. Could that realization have affected his actions at that time, that important time in history? It's a good question. We don't know the answer, but it's something to think about. And baptism may have been involved. Even more surprising, Vladimir Putin was baptized. I read that Putin regularly attends services of the Russian Orthodox Church on all of the main Orthodox Christian holidays and that he has been responsible for restoring many Russian churches. Not saying that Putin is a saint by any means, but let's not discount the effect maybe of baptism on his life. Who knows what the future may hold? That's the first reason that baptism matters. It matters because it says that the baptized person belongs to God. Baptism also matters because it, of what it says about the church. Christian baptism is a sacrament of the church. It's one of our two sacraments, baptism and communion. When you are baptized, you are baptized into a family. How many times do I hear that word around here? Family. How many times Terry said to me that she felt like the people in this church were her family? How many times since Terry's passing, Dave has said to me that he knew it, but now he's really experienced it in a very real way in recent days. This church is a family. We take care of each other. We laugh together. We cry together. Many people think that they can live the Christian life without a church family. Well, you might live a moral life and you might live a good life. It might be constructive and you might be happy. But the Christian life, I believe, can only be fully enjoyed if you're part of the body of Christ, if you're part of a church family. And churches vary greatly. But church is where you are most likely I think, to find God. It may be our church. It may be another church. It may be a big one. It may be a small church. But when we're baptized into the body of Christ, the church family, we grow closer to God and we grow closer 
to one another. That's why this church is very important to many people. This is the church where they were baptized, where they've gone through confirmation class, where they met their spouse, where their grandparents' memorial services were held, maybe where their spouses, other members of their families' memorial services were held. This was where they came to know something of the love and grace of God. Yes, the building is important. When people say we don't need a fancy building, no, we don't need a fancy building, but I'm here to tell you this morning, this is a sacred place. And the reason that this is a sacred place is not because it's a beautiful building. It is a beautiful building. But I think this is a sacred place because this is where the family meets. It's where we laugh together. It's where we cry together. It's where we celebrate together. It's where we grieve together. For all these reasons and many more, this building and the church building down the street that way and the one down the street that way are all sacred places, holy places. Us pastors, sometimes when we talk amongst ourselves, we chuckle about people who use the church to be hatched, matched, and dispatched. In other words, to be baptized, to be married, and then to be buried. But it's true that the church really does host the most important events in our lives. And it should be a central part of our lives. It should be important to us, as it is important to many of us. Baptism is our initiation into a special group, the church, the body of Christ. Notice that I have given examples from a wide variety of churches, Catholic, Protestant, evangelical, liturgical churches. We may baptize in different ways and do things in different ways, but we're one in one way for sure. Baptism is a requirement to be a part, to be a member of the body. Every baptized person is part of the church. Baptism is important because it says what it says about the person, also about the church. Every baptized person is an important part of the church. Even more important is what baptism says about the grace of God. God's grace is available to everyone. We are not baptized because we are perfect. None of us is perfect. We use water for a reason. We use water because it symbolizes the washing of sin. Because we're not perfect. And our sins are washed away. A lady wrote about a baptismal service that took place in her evangelical church. There were 102 people being baptized. The men wore black robes and the women wore white robes. During the baptism, the dye from the black robes that the men were wearing began to make the water look dirty. And she heard two little boys sitting behind her talking about it. And the first boy said, how come the water is getting so dirty? The second boy said, that's their sins being washed away. Well, he was close. Sam Houston 
was the first president of the Republic of Texas. Sam was a kind of a nasty guy. He had a past that he wasn't very proud of, but later in life he made a commitment to God, and he was baptized in a river. And the preacher, while baptizing, said, Sam, your sins are washed away. He said, God help the fish. God accepts us as we are. He would prefer that we be like Jeremy, that 12-year-old boy who promised to try to make the people who were responsible for his baptism proud by trying to live his life the way Jesus wanted him to. God would prefer that we would be like the man who is now serving by volunteering at a food pantry, by serving dinners, and by working in his church. But God's, God accepts us as we are, even if we can't or don't do all of those things. Baptism is important because of what it says about the person being baptized and what it says about the church. But most important is what it says about the grace of God. If you have been baptized, I would suggest that it should make a difference in your life. Let that difference begin today. Amen.